Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from July 12th by Pastor Randy, titled, Seeing What's Behind Temptation. One of the frustrating things to me about driving in Alaska is in the wintertime, and I have to go through the intersection of Lake Otis and Tudor, go down Lake Otis, so there's a little hill coming up on <clears throat> where you go north or south on Lake Otis. And it's <clears throat> in the wintertime, and the light turns green, and traffic starts moving, but the car in front of you doesn't go anywhere because it has no traction. It's just spinning its wheels. And then you have to wait through one cycle of lights, two cycles of lights, sometimes three cycles of light before either car is able to go or somebody lets you in so you can go around it. That's irritating. It's irritating when it happens in traffic, but it's devastating when it happens in life. Because right now we're living in a Christian culture where a lot of Christians, they're just spinning the wheels. They're they're not going anywhere because they can't get any traction. They never seem to be able to to overcome temptation. Because we all know people, every one of us in here, we know people who have had their life destroyed or lived with life with a whole bunch of regrets because they were never able to conquer temptation. Some of you look in the mirror and you see that person. And until we're able to deal with temptation, we're never going to to spiritually grow. We're going to keep spinning our wheels. So we've been talking about this for, for several weeks. But it's a very important subject. In fact, Martin Luther, the father of the Reformation, he put it this way. He said, if you want to be a good theologian, that was his terms. But, but in our terms, what he was saying, if you want to be a good Christian, you need three things. He said, you need prayer, talking to God. You need meditation, listening to God. And you need temptation, learning how to depend upon God. Because every temptation you face is an opportunity for you to depend upon God, to say that you want God more than what you want the temptation has to offer. So we have been in this series for several weeks, and it occurred to me this week, I never did really give you some of the bases. I have never really given you a definition of temptation or anything else. We just sort of dove right in because, you know, temptation is one of those things that doesn't need much explanation at all. We all know what it's about. But let me start off today by giving you a definition of temptation. And then we'll, we'll move on from there. Uh, a temptation is anything that, that promises satisfaction at the, at the cost of o- obedience to God. Anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. And that's what temptation does. It promises satisfaction. It promises a, a hit, a thrill, a buzz. It's what the scientists will say, a little, little release of dopamine in our brains. So you, 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 you want to you wanna buy that? And you buy that, and you get a little hit, you get a little thrill. You want to look at that, so you look at that. It gives you a little bit of hit, a little bit of thrill. You want to say those words, you go ahead and you let it out and you say those things. And, and it's a, a little hit, a little thrill. But then after you have that hit, after you have that thrill, after you have that high, after that always comes the low, it comes the, I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have looked at that, I shouldn't have done that, the guilt, the shame. Because as we said before, temptation always looks good, smells good, tastes good, but it always has that hook. And that hook is dangerous. That hook will destroy us. So understand the definition of temptation. And understand also it's, it's not a sin to be tempted. Let's read these words here. In Okay. 
It's, it's probably me this time. Did I turn that off the wrong way? You know, one of these days, we're, we're going to get this straight. But not today, apparently. Ah, Hebrew, there we go. Did you do that or did I do that? All right, John. All right, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. It's not a sin to be tempted. So I've got to ask you a question. How many of you guys, when you drive past the intersection of Muldoon and Debar, you look over at Krispy Kreme and see if the hot light's on? Oh, good, it's not just me. There's, there's like three of us in here. Okay, I don't feel so awkward. Now listen, it's not a sin to eat a donut, right? It's not a sin to eat a donut. But if you have some convictions, you're trying to, to get your health where place it should be, and, and you don't want people to have to take care of you when you get older because you neglected your health, and you realize your body's temple of the Holy Spirit, so you're really trying to take care of your health. And you realize that, and then you come to church Sunday morning, and there's somebody who's brought two dozen hot, fresh, Krispy Kreme chocolate glazed donuts. And, and, and you look at them, and they're just yelling, eat me, eat me, eat me. And, and you walk on past, you didn't sin. You were tempted, but you didn't sin. Now, if you pick one up and smell it, I don't know, that's getting kind of technical. You may have crossed the line there. But if you start licking the frosting off, you definitely went too far. Okay? It's the same thing that if you're driving down the road, and you ladies, you see this guy jogging by with no shirt on, and he's real buff. Or, or, or guys, you see yoga pants, short pants girl, or something like that. If, if, if you just keep driving, drive on by, you haven't sinned. But if you stop and turn around to make sure they got across the road safely, you've probably gone too far, okay? So it's not a sin to be tempted, okay? And also understand this. There's a difference between being tested and being tempted. See, God will not tempt you. James is clear on that. God does not tempt us. But he does test us. He does give us trials in our life. And those are two very different things, being tested and being tempted. God tests you. He will do that a lot over and over again. Why does God test us? Why do you take a test in school? Why do you as a, a, a senior take a final exam or as a fresh take a final exam? You do that in order to be moved forward. God will test you for your growth. He will test you to build you up. He will test you to mature you, to move you forward, to get you to say, okay, trust me. Okay, just uh, to, to be able to, to say, believe me, trust me. He will, he will test you for that purpose. And, but Satan will come along and he will tempt you. Why will Satan tempt you? Not to help you grow. He wants to tempt you to keep you spinning your wheels. He wants to tempt you to have you fall back. He wants to tempt you so you never go anywhere in your Christian life. Two very different things. But here's the thing you need to realize. That trials and temptations, they go together. That whenever there's a trial, and it was also a temptation. It's not that trials will be a sham. They go together. For example... You may have a financial situation that's difficult. You know, you're, you're running short on finances. And God may allow that as a trial in your life, as a test in your life, in order for you to depend upon Him, in order for you to live a more simple lifestyle. But with that trial will also come to temptation, a temptation to steal, a temptation to covet. You may have a physical trial in your life. 
Something wrong with you physically. And God gives you that in order so that you might depend upon Him so you might have a more grateful heart. But within that trial will come the temptation to get bitter and angry and go, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? You may have a friend who betrays you, a friend who talks you behind your back, and that can be a test that God brings into your life to see if you're going to have patience, to see if you're going to learn how to love somebody uh, and even love and pray for somebody who's your enemy, like he does for us. But then the temptation will come along within that to say, okay, go ahead and get even. Go ahead and, and, and repay evil for evil. Get angry, get bitter, and do what you have to to strike back at them. So whenever there's a trial, there's also a temptation. Those two things, they just go together. You can't separate them. You can't say, okay, God, give me the temptation or give me the trial, but I don't want the temptation. It doesn't work that way. All right, so we've been talking about this for several weeks. And what we have said is that if you're going to deal with temptation, you have to have a foundation. And that foundation is being dependent upon God or, or sometimes because walking in the Spirit or being consumed with the glory of God. You have to have that foundation if you're going to defeat temptation. And the Bible talks about other things that you can do, but those other things aren't going to be successful if you don't have that foundation. So for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about those other things that you can do. One of those other things is being around the right people because your friends will determine the direction of your life. To be around friends who will encourage you so that you won't fall into the deceitfulness of sin. Then we said another thing you can do is eliminate it. Eliminate it. Eliminate the temptation. In other words, don't even go down that road. Don't even come near it. You run away from it. You see how far you can go. Why would you want to deal with the temptation in your life tomorrow when you can eliminate it in your life today? Then last week we talked about how if you're going to deal with temptation, you have to take the way out. God will provide a way out. And today, as we talk about temptation, we're going to see where you have to have the big picture. That once you're able to get the big picture, you understand what's going on, that can be a huge help in defeating the, the temptation. So we're going to read Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Yeah. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I'm not sure why they thought we had to know he was hungry after he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, but, but they told us anyway. Then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He answered, It is written, Man must not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will give you angels orders concerning you. And they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus told him, it is also written, do not test the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go away, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and began to serve him. All right. None of you are going to be tempted like this. Not a single one of you is going to be tempted to jump off a high building in order to prove that you're God. Nobody here is going to be tempted by, get, by being approach to, to having all the kingdoms of the world. 
Nobody here is going to be tempted to turn stones into bread. When we read that, we don't go, oh, that's so helpful because I face these temptations every day. No, none of us are going to be tempted like that. But every temptation we face will fall in the same category as these temptations. For example, have you ever been tempted to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way? Yeah, we've all been there. You ever been tempted to use God for your own benefit? To presume upon God? We've all done that. Have you ever been tempted to do the right thing but to go about the wrong way? Yeah, we've all been there. In fact, I'd make the argument that every temptation we face falls into one of those three categories. But what I want you to see here, and we're going to look more at this scripture next week. We're going to take that apart more next week. But I want you to see the big picture before we get into those verses next week. The big picture is this. When you realize what's going on behind temptation, it sort of loses its power. Think of it like this. Think of it like, like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. They make it all the way to Oz, and Dorothy and her three little friends, the three stooges, whatever you want to call them, they're there before the great and powerful Oz. And they're shaking, they're quivering, they're terribly afraid. Then Toto, the little dog, pulls back the curtain, and they see the little guy behind the curtain. The voice says, ignore the man behind the curtain. You know, ignore the man behind the curtain. But once they realize what's going on, they're not so terrified and afraid anymore. And so what I want us to see is the big picture. Because once we see the big picture, temptation becomes something, a little guy, that we feel, hey, we can overcome that if we just sit back and look at the big picture. And the big picture is this. The big picture is that there's always more at stake than you think when it comes to temptation. There's always more at stake than you think. See, it's real easy for us to be tempted and think the issue is just what's right in front of us. Should I look at that or not? Should I go there or not? Should I talk to them or not? Should I watch this or not? And it's real easy for us to think that, that there's just... that. Just what's in front of us, that's all that's involved in this temptation. You know, I can do this, and I can just go on with my life. It's just this one issue. But there's always more at stake than you think. It's always more at stake than that one issue of should I do this or not? Should I say this or not? Should I look at this or not? There's always more behind that. What was at stake with Jesus with these temptations? Our lives were at stake. Our eternity was at stake. Him remaining the sinless Son of God was at stake, and He had to be sinless in order to, to provide a sacrifice for our sins. It was all at stake. There was all, there's always more at stake than you think when it comes to temptation. Every time you're tempted, every time, to some extent, your future and your family and your faith is at stake. Every time. Every time you're tempted, your future is at stake. Now, here's the thing about this. This is really easy to see in other people's lives. It's real hard to see in our own. This is how you see it in a, in a home with teenagers. The mom or dad will say to their teenager, you'll wind up going to jail. You'll never get a job. And the teenager's going, oh, you're overreacting. All I did was miss two assignments. But, but what's the parent doing? The parent is seeing the ramifications in their life if they keep going down this road. They're looking at what's going to come later on in the future. It's sort of like when you're watching Star Wars and, and, and you're on there and, and you're, you're saying to yourself, Luke, don't give in to the dark side. Don't give in to the dark side because you see the ramifications. You see what's going to happen with that. 
And that's so hard to see in our own lives, or so hard to see in the mirror in our own lives, but so easy to see in other people's lives. But it's true. Every temptation you face, to some extent, to some extent, your future is at stake. And some of you could give testimony of how when you were a teenager, you were younger, you gave in to this certain temptation, and now it's cost you. It's cost you a whole future. Not only is your future at stake, your family is at stake. If you're a father, the lives of your wife and your children are at stake. If you're an employer, your employees are at stake. Because every time you're tempted, to some degree, the people you love and the people who you're in authority over, their lives are at stake. How many times have you seen a CEO that gave in to some temptation and the whole company lost their pensions because of it? If you came from a broken home, it's usually because your mother or your father couldn't resist the temptation to drink or to run around. And now you're paying a price for that. And what did they think? They thought at the time, it's just this person right here. It's just this phone call. It's just this whatever it may be. They thought it was just what was right in front of them. They didn't realize, no, 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 no. You're putting your whole family, you're putting their lives at stake. And now you didn't have that addiction. You didn't have that problem, but you're paying for it. Because to some extent, to some extent, every time you're tempted, you need to realize your future is at stake, your family is at stake, and your faith is at stake. See, here's the thing that, that, that I know just from experience, just being around people. You have a lot of people that drift away from God and, and they stop going to church and all this. They don't do that for theological reasons. Never. Have they done that and came to me and said, let me tell you why I'm leaving church. It's because I see this in the Bible and I see this and I see this and I see this and I just can't believe that anymore. It, it doesn't happen that way. Every time somebody drifts away from God and they leave the church, it's always because of a relationship or a habit. One or the other. Either they met this person, got in this relationship and drifted away or they, they got in this habit and drifted away. Every time you give into a temptation, you're eroding your confidence in God, eroding your confidence even in the presence of God. And so people will, will, will do that. They'll give in temptation, and all of a sudden, I'm not sure I believe that anymore. Then they may come up with reasons. Then they may come up with, here's some, here's some theological stuff. But I'm telling you, it all begins because relationship or habit. People don't leave God and drift away from God because of theological reasons. And now, they're not even sure if they believe in God anymore. See, what you need to understand is that your faith is at stake, and you just may be a few decisions away from, I don't believe that anymore, from not having a faith in God at all. Every temptation you face, to some extent, your future, your family, and your faith is at stake. And the question is, can God be trusted? That's at the heart of every temptation, right? Can God be trusted? Can God be trusted to keep his promises? Can God be trusted to have my best interest at heart? And so you have a trial in your life, and you can, you can probably name four or five you're facing right now. You have that trial. You have that test in your life. How you respond is it going to be with anger, with bitterness, with shaking your fist at God? Or are you going to keep your confidence in God, your trust in God? How you respond makes all the difference. And so when you step back and you get the big picture, 
and you realize like Jesus did, hey, the issue is not just me eating bread. There's a lot more at stake here. That can help. It's like pulling that curtain back and seeing, oh, it's not the great and powerful eyes. There's this little bald guy behind the curtain. That's who it is. Nothing to be afraid of there. And that's what you do whenever you realize, hey, there's more at stake than I think. Why would I want to give in that temptation? Why would I want to continue to let that run my life? Why would I want to take a chance of destroying my, my future, my family, or my faith? In fact, why don't you help me out here? Okay, why don't you give me a little under-the-mass feedback or in-the-mass feedback? Uh, temptation, you're not, stealing my, you're not stealing my future. Can you say that for me? Temptation, you're not stealing my future. Okay, temptation, you're not stealing my family. Temptation, you're not stealing my family. And the last is, is faith. Temptation, you're not stealing my faith. Man, if you can just stand and say, you're not going to, I'm not going to allow you. There's more at stake here than just whether or not I say this or look at that or do this. There's much more at stake here. If you can just realize that. You know, and some of you have. Because some of you, you're on the back side of this. I mean, you, it has cost you future. It's cost you family. It's cost you faith. You're on the back side of this. And, and so now it's time for you to go back to that foundation and press hard into God. We, we call it repentance, right? Where you get yourself back right with God. And others, you're on the verge of giving in temptation. And, and just realize you're on the verge of what may cost you your future, your family, your faith. And you want to also run back to that foundation. And once you have that foundation, then, then yes, that being around the right people. Yes, eliminating it. Uh, yes, uh, uh, looking for that way out. All those things and it will work. But you've got to understand, there's always more at stake. There's always more at stake than you think. How many of you could give testimony to that today? You know that personally. <laughs> All right, a little more than like Krispy Kreme. That's good. That's... It's so easy for us to look at in other people's lives. It's so hard sometimes for us to look in the mirror and see what we've done and see how it's affected our future, our family, our faith. But I'm telling you, I don't care if the temptation seems like it's something small. I don't care if it seems like it's just an attitude or a few words. It has an effect. It will cost you. It will cost you. It doesn't have to be, oh, come out and, and take these drugs or, or let's run off here to this city. It doesn't have to be that. It could be something small. But it will cost you. It will cost you. So, do you need to run back to that foundation? Do you need to run back to where you're walking in the Spirit? Run back to where you're, you're dependent upon Him, where you're consumed with His glory. Run back to that foundation. Do it. Do it with joy. Do it knowing that your Father wants you to come back. Do it with a heart that you want Him more than anything else in your life right now. Do that. And maybe you're here this morning and you haven't given your life to Christ. Maybe it's time you make that decision. We say, okay, God, I want to be yours. I'm surrendering to you. I want you to come into my life, and I want you as my Lord. I want to obey you. Maybe that's where you're at this morning. 
But however God is speaking to you, I pray that you respond. Let's stand together. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.